Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 14, and then 25 through 30. The story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Here are these words of scripture. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her, or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dave. Today is the third Sunday of Lent. And as we walk through these 40 days plus Sundays in this uh, proverbial wilderness with Jesus, our worship series is titled Seeking. In this series, we see stories like this, stories of Jesus encountering people who are seeking. Last week, we talked about Nicodemus, who came to Jesus in the cover of night. And today, Jesus approaches the Samaritan woman at the well. And then next week, Jesus heals a man who was born without sight. In each of these stories, the people are seeking a new beginning or a different life, or a deeper faith. Each time what unfolds is an exchange filled with questions and exploration. Assumptions are disrupted, and new perspectives are revealed. And so this Lenten series is founded on questions. Because like all of these characters in these scriptures, we have lots of questions. We are seeking many things. Clarity, connection, justice, 
balance. We're seeking our calling, or we're seeking the sacred, or how to live as a disciple. Now, the questions I have to admit or warn you, these questions that we ask won't necessarily lead to answers, but they can help us find clarity, a new perspective. And ultimately, that's what we pray for, that these questions will create a safe space to explore, to be drawn more deeply into the fullness of life and into the heart of God. Let's pray. Holy God, as we read your word today, reflecting on this scripture, we ask that you would weave answers into the text. Speak to us through this ancient story so that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and open hearts, we pray. Amen. Right before the scripture that Dave read for us, it says, the first, the two verses right before this says, so Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. If we look at a map, it looks like if you were traveling from Judea, you'd have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. That's what it looks like on the map. But that's not actually the typical way that people would travel at that time, especially Jewish people. The Jews would have gone around Samaria whenever possible because they had this age-old conflict with one another. Because the Samaritans were considered by the Jews ethnically inferior to the Jewish people. And there was this violent dispute between these two groups on where they were supposed to worship God. Where was the right place? The Samaritans believed that they were to worship God on Mount Gerizim. The Jewish people believed that the right place was Jerusalem. And this was a big deal. This dispute caused a deep divide between the two groups. And most Jews would have stayed out of Samaria as much as possible. And yet here we see Jesus going out of his way to encounter someone in Samaria, to have this encounter. And in verse 4, it says, now he had to go through Samaria. Well, we know that he didn't have to go through Samaria, so why does it say that? Well, because in the chapter before this, because we can't just take one scripture, one story out of scripture, right? and just read it by itself, but we take into context everything that's around it. And in the chapter before this, actually when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he says one of the most quoted lines in scripture, for God so loved the world that God gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You've heard that one probably, right? So this scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, that scripture is right before this. Samaritans are part of the world that God loves. Jesus had to go through Samaria in order to break down 
the barriers that people had built up to show them and and to show us that when he said the world, he actually meant it. The whole world. And so, tired from his journey, Jesus goes and sits down by the well while his disciples go into town to buy some food. And the Samaritan woman comes to draw water. And Jesus sees her and he asks her, please, will you give me something to drink? And the woman, (laughs) I can imagine, looks around and says, "Uh, sir, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Because the Jews wouldn't even use the utensils from the Samaritan people. They didn't associate with the Samaritans at all let alone the fact that he was a religious teacher and he was speaking to a woman in public. How dare he? Then Jesus tells her about this living water that he has, this water that if you drink it, it'll become like this fresh, bubbling spring, giving you eternal life. And the woman immediately says, sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty and I don't have to keep coming here to draw water anymore because it was hard work to do that. And then she goes on to say, I can see you're a prophet. So I got a question for you. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews, you claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. You're a prophet. Which one is it? So here Jesus, imagine, Jesus is here at this well. He's trying to tell this woman about living water, this eternal life in God, all of God's goodness. And she's like, that sounds wonderful. But for real, who's right? Is it us or is it the Jews? That's what she's concerned about. Why do we do that? It's not just her. It's not just those people. It's all of us. Why are we so focused on who's right and who's wrong? Or who's in and who's out? Why is that our main issue? It's like this old saying. It goes something like this. When you draw a line between Jesus and other people, you always end up on the wrong side. When you draw a line between Jesus and other people, you always end up on the wrong side. But the Samaritan woman, she asked this question because for her, this was a big issue. This dispute between the Judeans and the Samaritans caused a deep and violent divide. And she wants to know once and for all who is right. And so Jesus' answer to her is nothing. He doesn't actually answer her question because that's not what matters. He doesn't want to deal with that. He wants to focus on something bigger. His answer in verse 23, it says, for a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. A time is coming when religious divide will be overcome. In fact, all enemies will worship together in one spirit, and in one truth. How many times have we tried to divide? 
How often do we divide ourselves into us and them? And here Jesus is saying, all of these disagreements that matter to you right now, they're going to disappear. And what will remain is God. In a word, what happens is reconciliation. Last Sunday during our basic beliefs class, someone asked what it meant when we say that we are a reconciling congregation. That was a great question. And I shared that essentially this means that we recognize that not only are we separated from God because we're people and we're broken, and we separate ourselves from God because that kind of love is intimidating and a little bit scary. But it means that we're committed to coming back together. That we're divided not just from God, but we've divided ourselves from one another based on beliefs and preferences, looks, ethnicities, ancient disagreements, you name it, we have tried to divide ourselves with it. But being a reconciling congregation means that we're committed to doing that hard work of coming back together, of seeing one another at the root of who we are, as beloved children of the Most High God, and at the same time doing the work of reuniting ourselves with God once more. Because these two things, they don't happen separately. They are one and the same. They're together. We can't fully be united with God if we're not fully reconciled, connected with, and reunited with God's created. And this is an ongoing process because it's hard, because we're tempted to divide ourselves and disagree on things and argue and step away from the table, not willing to sit and talk. And so this story is a story about reconciliation with God and with one another. Going out of your way to encounter these people that everyone else says you shouldn't be around, but you know they are God's beloved. You know that they have goodness within them, and you want to meet them and talk to them and know them as God's beloved. That's what this is about. And when this happens, when we drink this living water of Jesus that Jesus is offering us, that's what happens. We are reconciled. And when I say when we drink the living water of Jesus, it kind of sounds like we're drinking the Kool-Aid, and that's not what I mean. I just want to say that. This is not about like, oh, are you going to drink that Kool-Aid? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You're just staring at me now. Okay, thank you. I got something. Thank you. I appreciate it. It doesn't mean that we're all going to um, believe exactly the same. It doesn't mean that we're going to think alike. We're still not going to agree on things when we drink this living water of Jesus. We're going to disagree. We're probably going to get mad at each other. But what changes in drinking that water is that our disagreement is not the most important thing. What becomes the most important thing is God. That is, he is, she is, God is the most important thing. And the bits of God that are within each and every one of us, that's what shines through. That's all we can see when we look at one another. 
the barriers then that we've built so meticulously around ourselves and between each other, they're all broken down. And God then can make bridges out of them, uniting us together. Throughout this series, we have a wonder wall. Here in person, it is in the parlor in the back there, and it is a whiteboard where you can write out questions. And online, there's what's called a kudo board, and you can type your questions on there. And so we encourage you to ask questions as we wrestle with these difficult things. And my question for the wall today, for this week, is as our value is courageous inclusion, which means wholeheartedly welcoming all people to come as their perfectly imperfect selves, what would it mean? What would the world actually look like if we did that? That's my question to God. What would it look like? And I want to see that. How can I participate in that world? These are the questions that we're seeking together. I encourage you to, to try out the wonder board, the wonder wall, and let us wonder and dream together. Let's pray. Glorious God, we are so very thankful that your love overcomes and envelops each and every one of us. Oh God, help us to see the bits of you that are within each and every one of our neighbors. Let those bits of goodness and glory and light shine through so that's all we might see when we see the person next to us. Build your bridges as you break down the barriers that we have tried to build because we know that your bridges are much stronger than anything we could try to build ourselves. God, we pray these things through the power of your spirit. Amen. Now I invite the choir and our our accompanists to come up and to um, lead us in song as we prepare ourselves for prayer. Those who are online, I invite you to share your prayers, um, or prayer at brexelumc.com in the comments on Facebook or through text.
our prayers that have come in. Um, the Rico family asks for prayers of strength for the Gordon family. Uh, Sharon asks for prayers for her brother Keith who has stage four lung cancer. And Shelly asks for prayers for the family of Craig R on his passing. And Kim asks for prayers of God's guidance as they search for teachers for the Discovery Education Program. And I also want to ask prayers for Reverend Tom Taylor um, and Nell. They, uh, Tom was a pastor here a few decades ago, and um, he is still struggling from a fall that he had um, a few weeks ago. And then Nell is, is his caregiver, and she has a broken wrist. So prayers for both of them. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of life, we come to you today thirsty. Thirsty for hope. Thirsty for good news. Thirsty for a glimpse of you. And we know that we're not the only ones. Oh God, we've lifted many people in prayer and know that there are a multitude more that lay on our hearts, that run through our minds. You, God, you know every detail. You know every need. May they feel your presence. May they hear your wisdom ringing through their ears. And God, guide us. Give us courage to extend a cup of your living water, particularly to those who are outcast and ignored and shamed or abandoned. For we know that no one is abandoned by your love. Oh God, thank you for the many ways that you show up in our lives. May we drink in these precious moments and rest in your goodness. Oh God, we pray these things through the power of your spirit, saying together the prayer Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave here today, our hope is that you will take what we are learning about with you and God's spirit with you into your daily lives. Abel's. Abels, Kathy, Matt. Oh my gosh, you guys don't hear. We do hear. <laughs> we do. So, what are you doing? Uh, you know, um, next week is the chili kickoff. So we wanted to get a jump start and just let everybody know that Abels award-winning chili, third place winner last time we did this pre-COVID, we just want to get it going and, you know, just set the stage. That's all. But it's it's next week. Well, it is next it's week. It's not it now. Is. It is. You're oh, a little you need early. Some more, Matt? Oh, okay, wait. Hang on.
So the reason why we're doing this is, like, we finished third place, right, last time? And we know that Monocchio guy, he's, out, he's moved out of town in the last three years. So he's gone. And we know that Rasul's probably going to do something to get disqualified. He does that every year. So, so that's good. So all we have left to figure out is how do we get rid of that guitar-playing Kotnik guy? And which got me Kotnick thinking, guy. I thought, hey, Michaela, would it be great if we had someone to play, like, like guitar music and like old western type hold music on, during hold the whole on. time. Hold and and um, you wouldn't happen to know someone who's a, a really good guitar player? Hmm. Okay. Um, hey. Wait. Um, yeah, guys, more. guys, uh, Kathy, what do you got there? A chili. That's Wendy's. No, we do That's Wendy's chili. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's rules. One is no chili in the sanctuary. Another is you have to make it yourself. You can't buy it somewhere else. You can take, take it into the parlor. You can go back there, and you can eat the chili. You can taste, apparently, Wendy's chili. It's good if stuff. you would like some Wendy's chili in the, and get your, your appetizer, Appetites whetted for next week. Next week at, at five o'clock, we will have our chili cook-off. And you, Kathy, I see you have a, you have a, a sign-up board. You can sign up online if you're not computer friendly or don't know how to do that. We have a clipboard right back there as well, and we'd love to have everybody. Uh, if you don't want to make chili, just come and eat chili. So it's a time of gathering. It's a time for us to just enjoy each other's company, and we're hoping you all will attend. So thank you. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abel's <laughs> chili, okay? And I see that someone gave them microphones, too. So that was great. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So we have a chili cook-off coming next week. If you didn't know, now you do. Um, you can come. We would love for you to make chili. And, and there will be all kinds of awards given out um, for we're going to have judges, so it'll be judge's choice. Um, I think Razzle's going to be a judge. Rasul, sorry, is my husband. I call him Razzle Dazzle because, well, he's special. And um, <laughs> but he, I think he's going to be one of the judges to kind of set him aside and so he doesn't disqualify himself like he did last time. Um, and we're going to also have some other judges. We're, and so there'll be judge's choice. People's Choice, there's going to be Best Cornbread. It's going to be a grand old time. So you can come and enjoy that. You can have a theme for your booth or table or whatever it's called. I don't know. But it'll all be raising money for UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief. And this is all funds go directly to where we are sending them. Um, and I think the missions meeting is going to meet after service today to determine exactly where the, the funds are going to go, but you can rest assured that all of the funds will be go directly towards UMCOR. And then um, we also, next Saturday, if maybe cooking's not your thing, or eating, I don't know, you can come to, on Saturday, we will have our bike fix-it day. And so you can come and you can fix bikes 9 o'clock in the morning, 9 to noon. You can check it out. It's a great um, opportunity to fix up some bikes and give them to people who need them um, in the Cleveland area. And then actually, I do want to just kind of give a shout out that Holy Week is coming up quick. Um, at, we're about midway through Lent. So we have Holy Week services beginning Palm Sunday. 
um, and we're going to have our Palm Parade festivities at the 1030 service. Then we have Monday, Thursday, and also Good Friday services, both at 7 o'clock. And then on Easter morning, we're, now pay attention, it's a little different. Easter morning, Sunday, April 9th, we'll have a 7 o'clock service. That's our sunrise service outside, um, and we'll, it'll be our first outdoor service of the year on the lawn. And then in here, we will have a 9 o'clock service that will be the brass and the choir and all of the pomp and circumstance and fun, and it'll be gorgeous, and the Alleluia chorus and all of it. And then we'll have the 1030 service with the worship band, all beautiful and um, flowers everywhere, and also the Alleluia Chorus for that. And so we invite you to come. Um, this is an opportunity to bring friends and just enjoy um, a celebration of our risen Christ. So um, with all of that, let us go into the world and use our wiggle fingers. Is that right? And twinkle toes, is that what we're talking about in children's moment? Um, and do God's good work. So let us receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Please stand as we sing.